Okay, come on me to 1 Thessalonians 2. 1 Thessalonians 2. Verses 13. Don't you love that image? Do we have a relationship with the word like that? Or just the words on the page? Do we even know what the words on the page even are? Have we experienced that? We experience the arms of him just coming and holding you. On the shadow of my wings is where I find life. See, the word is living, isn't it? But I want to talk about receiving the word. This is the main point we're going to look at today. Receiving is key to everything. For this reason, we also constantly thank God. This is Paul writing to the Thessalonians. For this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you also endured the same sufferings at the hands of your own countrymen, even as they did from the Jews. Interesting where the sufferings come from. See, the battle for truth is right in this house right now. It's not for the lost. It's, right, it's going to happen right now. Okay? So when we talk about a battle, the battle's happening right here. Is that different to what you've been taught? Because we say the battle's with the enemy against us, isn't it? And that's true. And the battle is with the lost. No, no, the battle's about to take place right now. Who's watching The Voice at the moment? Anybody? They have battles, don't they? And there's a battle between two people who are going to sing off. See, the enemy knows where the true battle is, and that's with the people of God. Because the battle's for truth. The battle is to come into the truth that makes you free. See, the problem is we all have a version of it, and some of it might be him, and some of it might be us. When my mate Tim, he has no version of anything. So there's actually sort of this humility that receives the truth when it's spoken because he's got nothing to, he doesn't know any different. But see, we have a version of something and we believe it and it may or it may not be the truth at all. And sometimes when we may hear the truth, it can repel your version of truth. And so you end up fighting one another. That's why there's so much division in the church. Have you ever asked yourself, why is there so much division in the church? When the church is called to be one. How do you get all these denominations when I can't read about denominations in the word? Can you? I hear my Lord and Messiah pray the church would be one. We're just followers of Jesus. 
If you want to give us a name, call us disciples. Don't call me a Pentecostal. We identify ourselves with all these religious titles to keep ourselves safe in a box. But Jesus never did. What are you? Are you a Pentecostal? No, I'm an Anglican. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Presbyterian. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Mormon. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm a this. No, I'm a son of Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a disciple. Nice to meet you. I'm Pentecostal because I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Wasn't the Holy Spirit supposed to be for everybody? No, it's uh, actually I'm a Baptist and I don't believe in the Holy Spirit, but I'll baptize with water. So I'll go halfway, but not the whole deal. But I read a Bible that says all these people went up and were baptized in the fire, the Holy Spirit and the water. See, if we don't understand and capture where the true fight is, we'll be asleep to the reality and you'll never wake up to the real reality. You'll never come into the life. The fight for truth is about to kick off. It's kicking off right now. We're about to wrestle. See, here's one of my greatest dilemmas. I have two beautiful children and I have a beautiful wife. Outside of Christ, they are my church, where it starts. You are my brothers and sisters, but that's where I start. Okay? It's his design. We just haven't caught onto that yet. Most of us think it starts in another country preaching the gospel and we leave everyone else behind. But the true starts, church starts in the home, in a marriage covenant. And you bring kids into that covenant. And by thy parents, you disciple your own kids. Because that's what the commandment says. And you teach them the ways and you put it on their forehead. You don't expect people like Melissa and Andrea and everyone else to babysit your kids and teach them. No, you teach them. They are the icing on the cake. You are the sponge. Are you being a sponge? Or you're relying on the icing, to, icing, the icing. They're an ace team. <laughs> are you relying on them to teach your children? Or are you teaching them? Do you even know the ways of the Lord so you can teach them? Yeah. Or have you bought them to the lie as well that you turn up, you turn up, you tick a religious box and you go home. And life pretty much continues, but there's no life. You see, one of my greatest dilemmas is I cannot give my children revelation of Jesus Christ. I cannot, cannot Give them the life that's in me. I can teach them principles. I can teach them laws. I can teach them all these things. But what I cannot do is put that life in them that would create life. So it doesn't matter whether you've been brought up in a Christian home or not. If you don't receive and continue to receive through the power of the Holy Spirit, you know nothing. I cannot give my children or my wife life. Only God can give that. So I must position myself to receive this life and continue to position to receive this life because it is not a one-off event. Here are the key words. Receive the word of God. Heard. Accepted performs its work in you who believe. Okay? Six words or six aspects, but they're one position. So I'm going to unpack the first one, which is receive. All these words are heavily interlinked together. 
You don't take one out of the other and don't try and put them into a chronological order that makes sense to your mind. Well, do I need to receive it, to believe it, to accept it? Do I need to hear the word? What is the word? And we're going to unpack all those elements over the next five weeks. So I would urge you to be present. Be present. That doesn't mean turn up. That means be present. You can be present and you're not present at all. You see, when Jesus and the woman who was at his feet were in a room, there were other room people in the room, weren't there? They weren't present. You can be physically present but not present at all. You're somewhere else. So you don't hear anything that's being said, but you are here. Is this hitting? So you've got to be present, present. Not only do you have to turn up, you actually have to be spiritually present and with me right now. Otherwise, I'll move this way and you're going that way out the door and you've already left because I said something that didn't quite upset you. How does that fit into my box? It doesn't. That's the point. And I'm hoping, my prayer, and I've been praying, we prayed this at eldership, that you would hear the calling of Christ that's on the church's life. Not your life, the church's life. That's where your true identity and purpose is found in the church's life. Even that we've taught back to front. So, number one, this is the nugget, receive. What does it mean to receive the word of God? What does it mean to receive the word? How have and do we receive the word of God? I'm just going to add a couple, Michael, that you, well, sorry, Rochelle, that you don't have. So how have we and do we? So how have we received in the past? And how are we receiving it right now? These are four questions that you would want to write down or go on the web again and be asking yourself 24-7. How have we been taught to receive the word of God? So how have we been taught in the past to receive the word of God? How much life are we in because of these ways? This is the kicker, isn't it? This is the one. So how much life are you in through these questions? What does it mean to receive the word of God? How have you and are you receiving the word of God? And how have you been taught to receive the word of God? Because if you're in him, certainly the result is life, isn't it? Isn't that the point of Christianity, a transformed life? You agree with me, yes or no? Okay, so if the point or the goal of Christ is to transform his people into a likeness of Christ, then how well are we doing on that? If we were to go into an MRI scan and have that measure us, a true reflection, where would we stack up? See, our ways of coming to receive the word should bring life. So I'm a simple type of guy, and I go, if I'm not in life, then my operating system can't be operating well. Would that be a fair indication? If I'm not in life, 
There's nothing wrong with the creator. There's something default with the creation and the way it tries to approach God. Yes? Okay. So, this is fundamental to our Christianity, what I'm teaching. Fundamental. I cannot give my children the revealed truth. I can teach them God's ways. What I can do is demonstrate it. I can model it. I can pray. I can invite them to walk with me. Can't I? But what I cannot do is put in them life, the word. They must receive it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is not me. Thank you, Lord. And that is not you. So I am completely and 100% dependable on him to bring a reality I cannot bring. Is that clear? I am desperate. You know what that does? That brings me to a place of humility. And this is the other point today is how you receive. Because if you're not humble, you will never receive. You will deflect and reject God. And you won't even know you're doing it. And I won't either. This is fundamental. You understand today that you and I cannot understand God without God. And we all go, yeah, 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 and then we go and try. No, hear what I'm saying. You cannot. So how have you, are you learning? How are you learning? Because there will be the fruit of the true process. There will be a life change. You will experience love, joy, patience, kindness. You will have eternal life being formed and built in you if you are receiving the word of God, the way God has designed it. Jesus said, "What my kingdom is not your kingdom. My ways are not your ways. So let me ask you some questions. Man tries to receive the word of God through educating himself, through self-learning. Man, meaning woman, tries to receive the word of God, Jesus himself, his words, through educating himself, through self-learning. Man tries to receive the word of God through intellectual study. You see, if I want to figure out how I make this container... I will go and study through my intellect how I do it. Fair statement? If I want to find out how I make chairs, I will go and through my intellect, my ability God has given me to learn and study, I will figure out how to do it. That is not how you work with him. That has to die. Can you hear that? That has to die. It has to go. It has to, That operating system has to come into the light of the cross, and the cross has to come into this. Boom! And it dies and falls to the ground. If you today are trying to come into the knowledge of God, the life of God received through that, please, please, please stop. It is why we are probably clashing here in this community. It is probably why a number of us aren't understanding what is being declared because we are trying to understand through the wrong operating system. We are taking our ability to hear something. We go through that filter and we go to A and we should have go to Z. And then we say this. Oh, yeah, they're not preaching the truth there. They don't know what they're talking about. Because it doesn't fit into my box. But here's the question. Do you have the life of your operating system? Do you have a life that is in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, power, life, all those things that are promised you through your operating system? 
Because that's what it's about. And I'm passionately, passionately devoted to seeing me and you and anyone else that's willing to listen come into the life that is promised us. I am going to lay my life down to see that even if you kill me. Because I'm already dead. I only have an audience of one. And I love him and I know he loves me. And like Paul, Paul said, I'm no longer alive. I live for the one who loves me to do his will. So please, please hear me. Hear is a key word. Not listen. Hear. Be apprehended and arrested by your hearing today. May you literally be caught and put in cuffs from the way you're operating, turned and propelled somewhere else into him. In other words, man tries to receive the word of God through the operating systems of himself, which is the world. Jesus went to Pilate and said, I am not of your kingdom. God says to us, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. They are not. 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 You getting it? Repetition is beautiful. That's how we learn. See, the world's cotton on to that, eh? But we get sick of it. When are we going to move on from the stuff? No, no, the world know it. The warehouse, the warehouse, where everyone gets a bargain. We could all sing that, eh? Why do we know it? Because they throw it down our throats because they're smart. And so they have us sing in their tune. The warehouse, the warehouse. My younger brother said to my dad, because my dad was a bit tight, he said, Dad, the warehouse, the warehouse where Dad gets his bargains. <laughs> we just set him free from that. But we get sick of it and we go, I want more, I want more. There's plenty in him. There's so much in him at his table. It's found in two words, Jesus Christ. But we go, we've already got him. Really? See, it's so simple, it's confusing. What? It's so simple, we don't believe it. It has to be more than that. Because I'm an intellectual guy, and that doesn't stimulate my intellect. So I've got to study all these other aspects of everything. I've got to go read every other concordance, every other people's opinion. I've got to formulate this whole library of stuff. And then I might choose to believe. And I spend my whole life doing that, and I never get to the point of believing. Got a good argument for a whole lot of stuff, just not able to demonstrate anything. I got no game. Why? Because I've accrued all of that. I've received all of that through my own ability to learn and understand that actually is God-given because God has given me a brain. But the way in which I come into that is not through that way. See, God wants to take this brain of mine and he wants to renew it through the power of his spirit. It is the only, only, only way to receive the living manner which will change you and I. How many people are sick and tired of your life right now of not receiving what you've been hearing about and you read about your whole Christian life. Anybody? 
Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> so, I could ask you another question, but I won't. No, 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 that would be a bit mean. It would be true, but it would be mean. Nah, move on. I want to, I want to, this is what Noel said last week. He said an, a number of awesome things. And if you didn't hear, I would go and ask you again to listen because everything's building upon itself. We don't come here just to hear words. We come here to receive the word. We come here as a family to celebrate and praise our King of Kings, the one that we sang about today. How great is our Savior? So the purpose of gathering is to come together as family, spiritual family, okay, as one. And to praise and to pray. And what's on you is to come and bring your part because you are the offering. You are the sacrifice. I don't know what we think it is. It's you. Your worship is you come. You're the offering. You're the lamb. He's saying, come and offer me a sacrifice. Come and bring to me your praise, your worship, your devotion. And then we come and then God turns up and he says, right, my Holy Spirit's here and you're going to speak, Greg, a word that's living, that's active, and I'm going to take that and I'm going to do a work in the hearts of everyone that's hungry to receive, not through their head but through their spirit. And that word's going to perform a work in them of change and transformation. So then this church that's growing in oneness and unity and power and life is then found in the world, giving glory to me. People see God through me. That's why we were down doing the fishing thing. That's why we're in Newlands. That's why we're doing things that people would see God in us and they would see love. Everybody's looking for love in all the wrong places. Beautiful song about it. And we sing about it. And this is why we gather. So it's this beautiful family gathering. And then we go and then we gather and we go to receive, to praise and to pray and to bring. That's why we say, come early and pray with us. Come and pray with your family. What for? Oh, that God might show up and do a work of transformation and propel us from one realm into another. Yeah, that means getting up early. Yeah, it does. Means getting the kids organized. Yep, it does. But isn't what we're about here so much bigger than that? See, if you don't understand the why, you don't understand anything. You can have the what down pat, you can have the when down pat, but what you won't have is life. The why is the thing that creates life. And if you ain't got the why you'd want to come, if you're a I have to come, then don't come. Because you'll bring the have to come mindset and attitude with you. And then you interrupt what God's trying to do. Because when everyone turns up like that, that's the dominant spirit in the room. And those that want to come have to fight in the spirit and pray that that will be changed and transformed. God will come. Because now what was light's now heavy. Because everyone's walked in like this. Ooh, have to come and pray. This fellow at the front, he's banging on about prayer. No. Receive the word. The way God wants you to receive the word and life will come. We are not transformed by any word. We are transformed by the word. That's why next week I'm going to talk about what is the word of God? What actually is it? Because I guarantee you we're going to say, oh, it's the Bible. We're going to have all our versions of what it is. And I hope that I'm going to explode. God's going to explode all these theories that we've created. The word of God is Jesus himself and his words. 
So yes, it is the Bible, his version of himself, his way. Jesus said, my words are spirit and our life, and when I speak, things happen. When I speak, things happen. He says, Greg, if you're not speaking my words, shut up. So you can see it all, it's all going to interlink. For me to speak the word of God, I must receive the word of God, the way God wants me to receive, not my version of it. Otherwise, I'm just spouting Greg's version of something. There's no life. Greg, your words are not spirit and life. I'm only to speak the utterances of heaven. We are only to speak the utterances of heaven. So do you know what those utterances are? Because you're receiving the word of God. See, we have so dumbed everything down to make everyone feel good about themselves. And what we've created is this lifeless sort of thing. You have a form of God, but you have no power. So yeah, you can do all the things and carry on and sing all the songs and stuff, but then when the trial comes, smack! Or when someone says something you don't like, oh, that friggin' Lisa Lamb, she was down there talking about this and doing that, and, da, 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 and let me tell you this. Oh, by the way, do you want to listen to it too? I'll come and tell Paul, and I'll come and tell you, and I'll tell you. Why? Because you've got no game. Why? Because you've got to receive the word by the way God says to receive the word. And that's not in your human intellect and ability to study and learn That gets us in trouble. Noel said this, at the point of nothingness is where life in Christ begins. Boom! At the point of nothingness is where life in Christ begins. Have you got to the point of nothingness yet in your life? Or are you still living? See, even that I know right now will be rebuked by some of us in this room. Because we don't know that place. And since we don't know the place, we rebuke the place because we don't have a reference point for the place. But the place is real and true. And that statement is so powerful. If there's one thing out of all the cool things he said that I would say grab hold of, it's that one. At the point of your nothingness is where life in Christ begins. Because all you are doing, if you haven't, is you're layering upon the good things on a stinking identity. You're taking his righteousness and putting it on yours, but yours hasn't been fully dealt with through the power of revelation. Because that is received through the power of the Spirit revealing it in you. You cannot understand what I said through your ability now and your intellect to try and understand it. You see how beautiful it is? You need him to bring you into his version of life which will set you free. But if you try and understand what I just said now and write it off through your own intellect or what you think, you will never, ever come into that life. Get with people who have life on them and ask them why they are in so much life. Do we do that? Do we look at people and go, my goodness, I've been watching you and you're on fire. Why? No, we look at them and go, freak. Weird, a little bit over the top. Crikey, here he comes. 
He's gone. Awesome. There she is. Oh, my goodness. No, Just settle back down again. It's a good one. Normality. Calmness. The day he revealed in me that reality is the day that catapulted this vessel into here in this door. I was not here because I needed a relationship. I'm not here because I like music. I'm not here because I needed all these other things. I'm purely here and on fire because in 1997, at 10 a.m. on the 23rd of December, in my workplace, through a phone call, he revealed in me my nothingness. Then he showed me who I am in him. And if you have the him without who I am without the nothingness, you don't have the complete picture. The nothingness empowers the who I am. Paul got it. Paul writes about it. It's clearly in his text. But if we try and understand his text through our filter, we will never come into the life that is written here. We will come into his version of what we think he's saying. He is allowed to write the Bible. Yes. Which means it's God's version. Yes. Which means we need Paul's version of what he's writing, not our version. How are you and I going to get that? Come on. How are you and I going to get Paul's version of Paul when he's not here? Thank you. Revelation. By what? Your own ability? Holy Spirit's ability. That's his role, isn't it? Hey, Greg, stop trying to do my role. Do your own role. I'm the one that leads you into all truth, not you. You're trying to come into truth the wrong way, and that means you're a false teacher, and you're leading others round the pen come through Christ, Christ crucified. Your way needs to die. The reason why you're not in life is because you're trying to come in your way. Please stop, because I have so much for you, but you ain't getting it while you try and come into it your way. Is that clear? Man, I knew I should have had a workout this week. Acts 7. Come with me to Acts 7. Let me show you some scripture. Acts seven twenty-two. We heard of a guy called Moses. He was awesome, wasn't he? Was he awesome before he had an encounter? How cool was it to kill someone? Is that pretty cool? Are you awesome if you kill someone in the Lord, in the name of the Lord? Well, God kills people. It's interesting, isn't it? But anyway, Mo, Acts 7.22. Listen to this. Moses was educated in all the learning of the Egyptians. And he was a man of power in words and deeds. But when he was approaching the age of 40, it entered his mind to visit his brethren, the sons of Israel. And when he saw one of them being treated unjustly, he defended him and took vengeance for the oppressed by striking down the Egyptian. What was Moses educated in? What does Egypt stand for? So Moses is educated in all of the world's operating systems, yes? Which means he's a man full of power, word, and deed. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he takes that learning when he has an opportunity now because he's leaving. What does he do? Oh, there's a fight going on. Let me rescue my guy. Chop. Oh, that was pretty cool. See what the learning and the education of trying to come into the truth your way does? It has you opposing the way. What happened to Moses in 40 years of the wilderness? He came to nothing. So he goes from being this man to being the most humble man. What happened? He became a shepherd. Oh, what a highlight for the Egyptians. I have a job for you, Moses. You're going to be a shepherd of the sheep. The Egyptians hated shepherding. It was the lowest form, lowest, lowest of lowest. But hold on, this is the guy that was of the highest, highest, highest order. So what happened? How do you go from being power and words and deeds because you've been educated in the world to being a man that now is the most humble man on the planet, the Bible says, and you shepherd sheep for 40 years? Do you think that's a choice? Who would choose that? Oh, I think he got messed with, didn't he, when he might have turned around and saw, oh, why is that bush not burning? Why is that not? What's going on with that? Ah, oh, great question. Come and let's have a look and let's do a work. See, 40 years, 40 years. He didn't start till he was 80. Are we prepared to wait? To receive? God, you've got one minute. Your time starts now. Hurry up. Hurry up. You've got 10 seconds, God. Done. Sorry. Come to Acts 22, verse 3. Here's another amazing man. Acts 22, verse 3. This is Paul. I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city, educated under Gamaliel. So, who was Paul? Before he became Paul, who was he? So Saul was educated under what operating system? Pardon? The world's. Gamaliel is a man. Yes? So he's brought up under the world's operating system. He's brought up in this realm. And he's supposed to understand things because there's nothing wrong with the law. There's nothing wrong with the law. Jesus fulfilled the law. So who's the problem with? Can you see how simple this is, but how intricate it is? And the only way you'll understand it is if you're in the spirit. You'll never understand this trying to understand it through here. You will get bamboozled, entangled, and come up completely looking different and partaking of something that will lead you astray. 
and you'll think you're in life. But you won't be. Because the only life that you're looking for that you're going to be in is a life of what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. An overwhelming abundance of life coming out of you. John 7, verse 37. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, from their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You can't get away from the absolute promises. So here's this man. He's studying. He's been brought up. He's been educated under the ways of the world. And how did he live? How did he come into life? That's a question. How did Paul come into life? Oh, he just chose one day. I think I've got it wrong. No, come with me to Galatians 1.11. So we have to receive, we have to receive the way God intends. God has an operating system and his system works. His system brings life. Our systems don't. We have multiple ways that we try and enter in, but we, none of those ways have life. There is only one way. So Paul decides to tell us, for I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I, uh, sorry, uh, was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But I received it through what? Of who? So the only way to receive the gospel is through revelation. Let me say this. The gospel didn't lead Paul to Christ, but Christ led Paul to the gospel. Say that again. Okay. The gospel didn't lead Paul to Christ, but Christ led Paul to the gospel. I wasn't taught this gospel by man. Upon the revelation of Jesus Christ, I received the gospel. Jesus, who is the power of God, 1 Corinthians 2, brings the gospel to life. What do we do? Gospel, Jesus. Jesus goes, Paul goes, Jesus, gospel. I am the power of God. I bring the words to life. You try and get into the words without no power, you get religion. Listen to this, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in three other elements, power in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. Does that sound like Jesus? Jesus is the power of God. So he is the power. He is the wisdom. He brings everything to life. He is the spirit, isn't he? Isn't the spirit God? Aren't the three one position? 
So upon the revelation that the power, Jesus Christ, the Spirit, brings alive everything in him. This is how you receive the word, the living manna, through revelation, through the power. Not of you. You can't bring you to life. You're dead. You and I are dead in our sin, in our trespass. But Jesus, as we receive and continue to receive the word, the word, the word, not once. We think we receive it once we're done. It's living food, living manner. You continue to eat his flesh and drink his blood and eat his flesh and drink his blood. You partake in relationship with him. You come alive, but not through your ability to study or understand in the intellect. That's how you get all these scholars who think they've got everything, and some have and some haven't, but can you demonstrate the commandment? Can you demonstrate the very first commandment off the block, which is you and I are supposed to be known for, which is love, not unconditional agape we're to be known for the father's love the father's love the father's love it's the commandment love one another as i jesus loves you is this hitting us no more can we play religion no more can we think we've got it if you can't love like the father you need to stop and go what's going on Because it's the commandment, guys. It's not the commission. It's not a good idea. He's saying, I give my people a commandment from above. And it's a commandment of love. If my children don't do what I say, there's problems in the house. If they don't do what Danny says, there's problems in the house. We are moving through that right now with them. I'm not mucking about with them. I'm giving them a commandment. You don't have a say. You don't come up with your way. You don't try and get yourself out of it by justifying and deflecting it and coming up with your own ways which lead to death. You do what dad says. And you will come into life, which is what the commandment the Bible teaches. If you're in the commandments, you'll be in life. This is why I am banging on about the great commandment and I haven't even started yet. (laughs) I haven't. I'm holding that baby back as well. It's like, woohoo, she's coming. These people heard the word, the gospel, not just in word, power, Holy Spirit. What does a full conviction do? That's what real belief is, a conviction of truth. Belief is a deep-rooted conviction in me. That then makes me turn and walk differently. That's what it's about. Anything less than that is rubbish. I don't know what it is, but it's not belief biblically. And we have minimized his word down to a crumb. The church has taken this beautiful Jesus and his words and minimized them down to a cap. And everybody's trying to feed off this. And yet we're supposed to be feeding and we're all to be in abundance. Why? Because we are receiving him the way he intends. And something has to change. Something has to change in the body of Christ. Something has to change. You and I have to change. If we want life, we've got to start making decisions and priorities that are different than they are today. If you want the fullness and he is coming back for her, he is returning for her, you. But are you ready? 
It's serious. It doesn't get any more serious. And like my children, I don't know what to do. I'm going, man, I'm trying this strategy, that strategy, this strategy. Time out. We take away the tally. We take away the computer. And they still do what they want. Don't laugh. It's you and I. Why? Because it's the right that seems right to me. But it ends only in death. And if you have not come to the point of nothingness yet in you, you're probably still in the position I've just described. And you're wondering why I'm not in life. And you're wondering why this happens. Because you're not in the way. Yes, you are received. Yes, you are saved. But that's probably about all. Are you maturing in Christ? Are you coming into the fullness of Christ? Are you loving like Christ? Do you have a peace and a joy yet? The kingdom of God is what? Joy, peace, and the Holy Spirit. It's not of flesh. It's not of partaking of eating and drinking and physical. It's a spiritual reality in the church. For the glory of God is to be in you and I. Not in this building. In the people of God. It's just whether we're going to go, yes, Lord. I come to the place of nothingness because today I acknowledge that I'm not in the life. And it's fine. It's absolutely fine because his love is unconditional. He believes all things for you and me. He hopes all things for you and me. See, you're not going to lose God when you find this place. You find life when you find this place. He will never leave you or forsake you. It's why how he's created it so you can find this place and surrender and then receive and come into the fullness of life. It's the greatest deal anyone can receive. There's no turning back. It's not like you return it and get a refund. He goes, well, you get one chance, Simnor. If you screw up, it's done. He says, Simnor, you get all the chances in the world, but you have to do it my way, Simnor. (sighs) If you want life, you've got to lose your stinking life, but your stinking life is worth losing for life. But you have to receive it my way. There is no other way. Need a breather. I'm going to keep going. Is that all right? Because there's heaps more. But well, it's not. But I just want to get this other point in. So here's one point, okay? Because I've jumped a bit. We receive the word of God through the power of revelation, through the Holy Spirit. We receive the word of God through the power of revelation, through the Holy Spirit. So Paul discovered this reality. That's what made him Paul. He's trying to come into it through his ability. That's what makes him Saul. There's a moment where God intervenes in the man's life and then he continues to walk and live differently now because he's had an encounter where he receives the reality. He's got a reference for the truth. He didn't have it before. He now has. And that's what I was trying to say before. If you don't have a reference for nothingness, you'll probably deny it. But when you have a reference for it, because you know what it's birthed in you, you want to tell everybody. But an unrenewed mind won't hear the renewed truth. It will hear it through its own filter and go, no, and reject it. This is so serious. Can you hear or attempt to hear what I'm saying? It's so serious because we do this. We do it, guys. It's happening right now. It's happened last year. It happened at banquet the other night. It happens right now. 
you have to realize that this has happened. You might think I'm nuts. I'm not. This is happening right now. Okay? Trust me. I've experienced it. I'm fighting with it in the spirit realm, praying for it. And so if we don't know that it happens, then you know what we don't do? We don't think it's us. I'm trying to make a point. Is it making sense? I'd love to do an example, but I don't want to embarrass anyone or any people. I'd love to do it for the sake of just see, see it happening right now. So why? Not to embarrass so we'd all go, my goodness. Look at that. That's what he said. It's happening. Because if you don't know it's happening, you don't know, do you? You walk out the door going, well, I don't know what that was about. And it just happened. You see, do you think Nicodemus left that encounter with Jesus going, oh, well, bit of an idiot, that fella. See, it happens. Why? Because Nicodemus can't hear the man of heaven. He's the man of the earth trying to hear the man of heaven. It happens. It happens. It's happening right now. And we're receiving right now. This is why we've got to receive with humility, which is my next point. You have to receive with humility. And that's why we are to walk in humility. Because the reality of what happens in the spiritual realm will blow us out of the water if we're not walking in love and humility. If I don't have love and humility for these guys, we can't walk together. And if they don't have love and humility for me, we can't walk together. It has to be present for us to walk and live this out. There's no other way. Hence, Jesus prayed for it. I pray that they would be... He didn't say, I pray they'd go reach the lost, did he? I pray they'd find their gift and prophesy. I pray they'd attend this and this and this. He said, I pray all of heaven is praying for all of earth that they would be one. I'm going to read you James 1.19. And then we'll get out of here. If I can find it. James 1.19 to 25. This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear. We're going to unpack this when we talk about hearing. Slow to speak. And slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. See, there's an outworking even there. If you're quick to speak, you're going to be an angry person. Because you won't understand what's being spoken. Therefore, here we go. Putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. Here we go. In humility, receive the word implanted which is able to save your souls. If you go back to the scripture I read in Thessalonians, what did it say? They were able to hear the word coming out of the mouth of a man, not God, the mouth of a man. They knew it was the word of God coming out of an earthen vessel. They accepted it, and it performed a work in them. Because they believed, they had a deep-rooted conviction because they could hear what was being articulated. It's beautiful how God does this because they received it through the power because they were in a position to hear it, accept it, receive it, believe it, and so it performed a work. And as you follow that scripture down, you know what it says they did? 
It says they dropped their idols and turned and started following and serving a living God. They dropped their idols, the things that they loved, children. That's touching on it, Greg. Now you're really starting to press my buttons. Children. My spouse. Whoa, don't go there. What about yourself? If you don't, if you love A, B, C, even your own life more than me, you're not worthy. Can you see, we have to be awakened out of a realm that we've preached so well, but not the whole purpose and the whole truth, to realize that this isn't a free ticket. A free ticket gets you in. It cost him his life. And then he looks and says, right, now I'm expecting you to walk out something. I'm expecting you to be able to come into something but I'm not leaving you on your own. I am going to do the work in you. It doesn't get any better than this. I am going to do the work. What you need to do is get out of the way of you. What you need to do is die to your operating filters that think that you can perform this work. What you need to do is humbly receive the word that comes that is of me. I can't preach any better than that. I can hope you can hear it. Because I can't give you the reality that I just spoke. I'm hoping you can hear it. Because you're in him and he's in you. But I just gave you the way in which it happens. That's as good as I got. In humility, you come, you acknowledge you cannot help yourself, you cannot change yourself, you cannot build yourself. There's nothing in you that can bring this life that Jesus Christ is saying. You have reached the point of nothingness and you understand it, you have a revealed position of it and you bow your face and you scream to heaven and you say, Lord, I am absolutely screwed, absolutely helpless upon you coming and I have to wait in that place till it changes. And I'm not getting off that floor till you come and do a work. Okay? If you're not prepared to wait, then you'll never receive. If it has to be in your time, you'll never receive. He knows the true state of our hearts and he responds to that heart. You might say, I'm ready. He will look and go, you ain't ready at all. You're fooling yourself and I know it. And because I love you, I'm not going to pour that into you because you're still dysfunctional. You need to come to nothingness and then you will get up and walk differently like Paul. And you will let go of your idols and everything that you love that's robbing you because where your treasure is, there your true heart is. And I'm going to come and I'm going to come with such power because you've signaled I want to change. You've signaled I want to die. You've signaled I want you more than me. And if that is authentic and that is true and that is full of faith and belief in him, he will hear from heaven and he will come and he will do a powerful work. Trust me, it is my testimony and it continues to be so I know it's true. You may not believe it, I know it's true. And I know the power of it and the power of change to fill you with such a life 
that you would go and be with him if the offer was on the table right now. And the great news, it is for everyone sitting here and everyone that's not in a seat and everyone in other communities. But it comes at a cost that many are not prepared to pay. And the cost is this, let go of everything, grab hold of me, and I will give you back everything you're holding on to if it is of me and not of you and if it is not going to kill you. But if you're not going to receive with humility, forget about it. Because he smells pride everywhere. He's got the greatest nostrils. That's why he created dogs. Yeah, dogs have the greatest nostrils to smell, don't they? He can smell. Listen to this. Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. But humility goes before honor. And there's such false honor in the body of Christ. There's no humility. Proverbs 22.4. Listen to this. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord, being in awe of the Lord, what we heard last week, the awe, the wonder of God. So the reward of humility and being in the wonder of God are riches, honor, and life. It's all here to partake of. It's just whether we are interested in it. So do we want to receive them? That's the question. Is there anyone here today that wants to receive them for the first time? Anyone that's with us that says, I'm not a follower. I'm here. Maybe you don't even know why you're here. It happened to me. But you're being led because there is a created being. His name is Jesus Christ. He has created you. He loves you. And he wants you to know him. It is the meaning of life is to know the one who created you. None of us chose to be born. None of us chose when we'd be born. None of us chose who our physical parents would be. So how on earth did we get here? It was not through slime interacting with some other slime and all of a sudden there was a lightning bolt and out of slime came slime and out of slime came slime and then out of that came a monkey and out of a monkey came a human. That makes no sense. A giraffe and a mouse didn't get together and form something else. That would be amazing if it did. Be a very high stool. I've just ruined the last 50 minutes. There's Greg's flesh. But that's how absurd the theory of evolution is. And I believe in microevolution. I believe that a dog and a dog get together and another dog is formed. I believe a husky and a wolf can get together or a German shepherd and a... A boxer, absolutely. They have the same kind. But you don't get a dog and a cat and it forms another species. They kill one another. 
So if you're here and you say, Greg, I want to know about this life that you're talking about because the life is attached to the person, Jesus. He is the answer. He is the way. He is the truth. He embodies all of life and the meaning of life. And you will never find life without finding him. And so is there anyone here? Just maybe afterwards come up to me and we can just have a chat. And even if it's just more dialogue about what you're being led and that's fine. We can just have a chat. We can have a coffee. We can meet, whatever. But if you're here also and you want more of him and you're his, then I'm going to ask you to stand. And I only want you to do this if this is genuine. It's fine if you don't want to. And don't be in the fear of man to stand if you know you're going no. Because you're not kidding anyone but yourself. So there's no point standing up because God's looking at your heart going, sit down. So only stand if you want to receive more of him. And I'm just going to pray that he's going to smash, Holy Spirit's going to smash filters, operating systems that we currently are using to try and receive him. So that's you just stand right now. If not, that's fine. Absolutely fine. This is where we can truly be authentic without the fear of, I hope, the fear of man. I can't guarantee that though, but I know for me, the true humility, the place of nothingness, of absolute authenticity is where God meets you. And it's a beautiful, beautiful place. I don't give a rip what anyone thinks. <laughs> Don't give a rip what anyone thinks. Only give a rip what he thinks. So, Father, we stand before you. Our hearts are positioned in humility before you to receive you, to receive, help us receive what's been shared. Lord, put a hunger and a passion and a thirst in us for your living manner. Lord, we ask, we seek, and we knock. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would demolish and smash, and we would let you, and we would, in partnership with you, agree and say, I don't want to live the way I've been living. I don't want to continue to try and understand through my ability to understand. But I want to understand through receiving more of you, your words and you, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, from this day forth, I ask you to lead me into all truth. Truth that not only makes me free, but truth that sets me alive. The very purpose of and the intent of the truth is to come and to change me into the vessel that is demonstrating you. That then I'm now able and capable to perform the works that you have us to accomplish. Then I am a man or a woman that has works and deeds in an alignment through the power of the Spirit of God, and we will be a blessed people. 
I thank you. That is the promise from James 1. That this word that is implanted through being a humble vessel saves my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions that fight you, that go against you. You renew them through your power, your supernatural power. And so, Lord, lead me to this place. Lead me to the point of the cliff where I fall off and you catch. And I start living from this new created way of understanding and learning. You are the power of God, Jesus. And I pray from within we would be strengthened from that power within for your grace is sufficient. Your grace is sufficient as I let go of myself and find this place of weakness. It is a strength. To die to yourself is a position of strength. Weakness in Christ is strength. In the world, it's foolish. But it's bowing the knee and saying, I cannot do it. And he says, that is wisdom. And his grace is sufficient to bring us into. So this power is perfected in us. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9. So wait upon him. Learn to wait. Fight to wait. Ask him to help you to wait. When everybody your flesh wants to run, you've got to fight in the Spirit. Holy Spirit, teach this community, this family, our family, my family to wait. Teach me, Lord, to wait. To posture and wait like Mary. We don't want to be Martha's running around. We want to be Mary's waiting at your feet. We don't want to be disciples that aren't present even though they were in the room. We don't want to be like Simon the Pharisee who was present but wasn't present in what was happening. Teach us to wait. Thank you that your ways are perfect. And thank you that you're a good, good father. Thank you that you take our failures and you turn them into wins. Thank you that failure in you is just a learning opportunity to grow. There's no failing in Christ. Set us free, Holy Spirit, from our insecurities and our fears. Our unbelief, help us in our unbelief. If we point the finger at others, may we point it back on ourselves. May we not judge anyone. May we discern and may we love you one another 
and those that we're building relationships with, may they see you in and through us. We thank you for today, Lord. We pray for tonight with Kirk. Thank you for his message, this living message you've put on his heart. We pray for every group that meets during the week. We pray for the meeting this afternoon, the business meeting. And just thank you for what you're doing here through the power of your spirit. Thank you for the life and the church that is being birthed. In Jesus' name, amen.